Welcome to Inspected Goals, the pod that tries to improve our FPL play through a more analytical approach. Sam, we are back. It's been three weeks, maybe longer. I don't know, since we've been together. Uh, I missed you, mate. How you been? Yeah, yeah I'm all good, mate, Pants. Yeah, I think it's been longer than three weeks. I think it's been four or five since we did a podcast, the two of us. Really? So last week I did the one. I know last week we didn't have one. The week before it was just me. Then you had Simon and Albert on. So yeah, four weeks, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm doing fine, mate. Uh, all in all, doing well. Um, been um, away with work, which has been good. Um, and wildcarded since I last saw you, mm-hmm. which has been which has not been good. <laughs> it's been okay. I've been very like my ranks just been pretty stagnant, so I just stayed the same rank and then went down 50k last game week. But that's like four points <laughs> where I am. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I had a re- I had a really good last few game weeks going into the wildcard. So overall, from like game week eight, I went from like 1.4 million, had mainly green arrows, and went up to 300k. So made loads of progress going into the wild card. I was really excited. Was yeah. like, not many, not many people have their wild card left. I can play mine. Triple Liverpool, triple Arsenal, Zaha, Foden, and uh, it's not gone very well. But I, I think that's the case for a lot of people, isn't it, at the moment? Similar for you, um, <laughs> I've heard. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, it hasn't really gone to type, has it? And it's, it's the hope that kills you, really. We know we're playing a game of incredibly high variance, but when you, it's when you look at your team for those weeks and you think, yeah, do you know what? That team looks pretty good for this week. Your hopes come up. Because there are some weeks like this week where you know, a lot of the team, you know, Arsenal are away at Chelsea and they've got a lot of away fixtures, I think, most people. And you're like, mm, you know, I'll, I'll take anything I can get. But there are some weeks where you're really, really looking forward to it and uh, it doesn't quite hit how it should. I, I've gone from, I mean, I shouldn't complain overall because I was, I was 10... I was 10.5k three weeks ago, so just outside the top 10k. And nice. I think the first part of the game week three weeks ago, I briefly went into 8k overnight. So I was thinking, oh yes, I can actually finally get into the, the top, the elusive top 10k. Um, and ever since then, basically now I'm 60k. It's just doubled every week. Um, I had an absolute stinker with players going off injured all the time. A lot of people have got the players that I've got, you know, Solanke uh, going off injured in the first half the other day. Uh, Saka going off injured against Forrest was a real killer. I mean, he looked like he was primed for massive points there. But a lot of people yeah. have that one. But he wasn't. He wasn't that well owned overall. I don't think it was just more more on Twitter. I think he was quite a popular option. Obviously, yeah, Foden, like, uh, yeah I think forty percent, something like that. Not very high. Right. Uh, Foden obviously has been a big disappointment since everyone got there because he's he's barely played. Um, you know, and he, he obviously looks good on paper every time in terms of the fixture and having him in your team. Um, and I, even my little punts around the outsides, like um, Sinestra or Sinistera, sorry, he gets injured in the first half of a game as well and goes <laughs> off. You know, two really nice fixtures, and it just didn't work out. It looked really good as well when he was playing. It, it's more the and, and Trent Alexander Arnold's another one, just two points every week. You know, not a lot of people have got him. Really hoping for something, home to Leeds, and just conceive within like five minutes. But a lot, a, yeah. lot, a lot of the time it's been stuff where my slight differential player has been like maybe the last person to go in the game week. So the hope's killing mm-hmm. you. You know, you're waiting for things. Oh, there's a, there's a chance I can rescue this. I can, and it just hasn't happened. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah, 60K, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, hopefully it'll turn around. And yeah, I'll, I'll try and remain positive. Yeah, I mean, it's still a really good rank at this stage. I think before the season, if you knew you were going to be 60K now... With a couple of weeks to go to the World Cup, I think you'd be you'd be happy with that. Oh, absolutely. I think with me, hearted, White got hearted, White got an assist and Zuma scored. Um, the stuff like that, you're just going to have to laugh at, I think, sometimes. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's all those, like... I think we did a... Maybe even our last podcast, actually, before the two of us, we went through a table of, like, all the £8 million midfielders because mm. there was lots of talk about them in pre-season. And then suddenly it was looking right, now's the time to get them. And weighing up which one, we just how you know is which ones to get. They were all good options: Sahar, Foden, Saka, and Bowen. And just they've all just been rubbish over the last few weeks. Absolutely. Um, yeah, some some more disastrously than others. Definitely, definitely, a bit depressing. Sorry, guys, for the depression. I I lost you there midway while talking. I thought the whole stream had gone down. So hopefully the guys didn't see that. FPL Zaha's in the chat. Hello, mate. Can you sort out Zaha for us? He's been absolutely tragic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually managed FPL to get Zaha's his goal. A, a bit, He's our biggest fan, mate, FPL Zaha. Yeah, no, love him. He likes everything one. we do. Legend, yeah. And, um, yeah, actual Zaha, not so much at the moment. No, no he can get <laughs> in the bin. Not much of a fan of him. <laughs> yeah, 
But he's, you know, he's got West Ham, hasn't he? Then he's got Forest, and that's game week 16. I just don't think you can sell him personally. Um, apart from maybe in particular situations. Mm. But that's maybe more the way more the way I play. Yeah, I mean, the Forest game looks ideal for him, doesn't it? I'm not so sure about the West Ham one. But Forest are just so bad. Um, at home, though, they, they, you know, they try. Bless them, so maybe. But I think, uh, I think Zaha will see that as free lunch. And that... That's the thing, right, at the moment, for our teams, we're obviously dead-ending two weeks. Um, transfers, would you argue they're more valuable or less valuable when they only affect for two weeks? Um, yeah, they're less valuable because you've got less time. For them sorry, to have mean, an sorry trans- transfers or hits, do you mean? Sorry. Transfers in general, would you say that... So, so yeah. swapping one player for another player, you've only obviously got the one week or the two weeks for it to make an overall impact, right? I would expect a longer period of time. You, you potentially have a bigger impact, right? The, the, the maximum amount of points a player can get in a game week, say, is like a Haaland four goals, right? So surely the only, the only effect you can really get is sort of 20 to 30 points, whereas a transfer over, say, a span of nine, <clears> 10 weeks could be way, worth way more than that. That's what yeah, I, I guess I guess they're worth less. They're worth less because you can't fix your team as much long term and benefit from that. Mm. But there's more of an opportunity to jump on a player for one week that you might have not done otherwise, Absolutely. because you know there's only two game weeks left. For example, a lot of people will, depending what happens with injuries, there'll be a lot of people. In fact, regardless, will get De Bruyne and captain in for two weeks. He's probably not a player that they would have bought otherwise, um, long term, uh, if it wasn't for the World Cup break. Um, so in that sense, it potentially maximizes points short term, I guess. Because there might be punts you take you otherwise might not have done. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Someone in the chat saying the audio keeps muting. Is that happening for everyone else? Or is it just uh, just Valentine? That's quite worrying. I think I muted maybe at one point. One point? Yeah, not sure. Okay, Josh, but, yeah. Josh straight in the chat there. Hello, guys. Thoughts on Mitro to Wilson this week? I guess that'll be popular, right, Mitro? And we, we have prepared a slide, so we might as well just move straight to it. Straight right. in there. That's my brother, that. Is it really? In the chat, yeah, uh, that's my brother right there. He's playing his first. I'll give him a little shout out. It's his first time ever doing FPL, and he's over. He'll tell you in the chat now. Actually, he won't. He'll want to show it off. I think he's thirty k. He's beating uh, first time playing the game, so he's doing really well. To oh, be fair to him, bastard, he's beating me as well. <laughs> Josh, I'll ask you, mate. Is uh, is Mitch Rosa Wilson good this week? <laughs> you tell us. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I brought up a little slide that can hopefully help. In hindsight, we probably should have left Mitrovic on here, but. Um, because since I've, I've maybe even considered just to keep him, it's, the, the reason's obvious to try and move him out. He's away to Man City, right? It's the worst fixture in the, in the whole calendar. I don't think anyone doubts the fact that if Fulham were to score or, you know, the Mitrovic potentially could be involved. Obviously, he's on penalties and you could just get lucky. But, I mean, you have to expect somewhere between two and six points is probably the maximum, right, in a, in a fixture like this. So, given what we just said and there's only two weeks left... I think switching him out to another player, you know, assuming you don't have any fires, does kind of make sense. But alternatively, 16, I think home to Man United is not the worst. So I'm, mm. I'm on the fence, really, because for me personally, I think maybe a lot of other managers will be the same. Um, I can actually only go down from him in price. I don't have any money in the bank whatsoever. And I think that's when your options become limited. Because if we look at this table, you'll probably talk, if you could talk us through it, Sam, just for the pod as well. I think Wilson yeah. probably is the standout. He's just a little bit too... I mean, he's too much. He costs too much money for me. So I can't get him. Limit mm. the options. Yeah, so basically, um, if you are listening, maybe worth going to the YouTube to take a look if you're interested. But we've basically highlighted seven potential replacements for Mitrovic uh, for the next two game weeks. Um, a couple that go up in price. So uh, Darwin Nunes, who's 8.9, uh, Calvert-Lewin and Wilson. Um, and then... Four others, Martial controversially. I wasn't keen on having him in, but <laughs> Luke, <laughs> Luke was. Uh, Luke was. Uh, <laughs> then Alvarez, Skamaka, and Solanke as other potential options as well. Uh, another one who's not on here, who's not on here, is Gabriel Jesus as well. If you're willing to risk the fact he's on four yellow cards and might miss that um, game week 16 game, um, but I guess it's gone well for people who have risked that so far. Yeah, no, it has. And I still think he's a top-tier option. I keep seeing a lot in the community that he, he's not been scoring of late, but his numbers are still very good. You know, every time, even if you just use the eye test and you watch him, he could have absolutely smashed Forrest, to be honest with you. And he got two assists and, and, and big points. And I, I still think he's a great option, Jesus, to be honest. I think after Wildcard um, and the World Cup, I still think he's one that will be on our radars personally. But 
yeah, looking looking at the chart, I mean, there's some obvious massive standouts. Darwin, his his non-penalty xGI per ninety this season is mental. Even in the last three hundred and sixty-five <laughs> days, it's mental. Obviously, that's coming from playing uh, for Benfica as well. So you have to take that into consideration. But ultimately, over in the far right column, predicted points fifteen to sixteen by FPL Review. Um, you know, we, we want the guys right near the top, right? And Wilson at 9.5 is the standout pick. The fact that he's this is obviously non-penalty XGI as well. Um, we know that you could just get lucky and get penalties because he does have them. So there's that on top of it. I'd say mm. the minutes-wise, he's probably the most nailed out of, well, not not all of them, but he's definitely more nailed than the likes of Darwin, Martial, Alvarez. Definitely some Skamaka. I think Slanky's probably the only one. And maybe Calvert-Lewin, although he's just back from injury. I think those three are probably the ones you'd say most likely to see the game out. Um, it's just clear to me that he is, if you can afford it, the obvious pick. The fixtures I'm not in love with, but I think that's probably the only negative. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I actually don't think the fixtures are as bad as I initially thought. So I mm. kind of not really considered bringing in a Newcastle player, just because I hadn't properly thought it through until today. You know, just the you know uh, initial thoughts I'd had. I hadn't really thought about whether I'd go for a Newcastle player because of the Chelsea game. But then I've looked at some of the data for Chelsea's defence, and it's not even just this season. It's been worse in terms of underlying data, but long term since the back end of last season as well. Mm. I think what we what we're seeing this season is probably, uh, yeah, probably the impact of Rudiger leaving. I think on their defence being significantly worse. Um, I mean, they're not suddenly the worst defence in the league. And they're probably still not even a bottom half defence, but they're looking more like a mid-table defence if you look at the um, the long-term data um, at the moment, which is interesting. So when I saw that, I thought, actually, yeah, Wilson probably is a better option than I thought. And then also, you know, Wilson's one of those players where he's, he's when he plays, he scores pretty regularly and his underlying data is generally pretty good. So again, for those listening, his non-penalty expected goal involvement per 90 over the last year has been 0.51 so that's already high mm. really that, that's really good for someone at his price in the game mm-hmm. and that's long long-term data although you know hasn't played as many minutes i guess compared to most people within the last three no, days but also that's under um, some terribly defensive managers as well isn't it like, yeah that's true mm. and it and it, and it yeah and then 0.75 for the season so far so the risk with him is always just minutes like if wilson was playing 90 minutes every week and we can guarantee he'd never get an injury he'd be a very expensive striker in the game. So the fact is for two weeks, so that injury risk is less. You know, he's just got to get through two weeks. Uh, the fact Newcastle has so improved this season, um, the fact Southampton is such a good, a good fixture, and Chelsea maybe is better than it might seem when you first uh, read the fixture. I think that makes him the best option here, um, personally. Mm. Um, but the, yeah, the interesting thing, um, again, in terms of this table here, we've also got um, expected minutes, and what we mean by that isn't exactly the amount of minutes we predict they'll play in the next game. It's a, it's a it's more of a long term uh, average, I believe. So this is for the next two two game weeks. Um, so for example, if we if you think a player is going to play uh, ninety minutes uh, in a game, their x mins aren't ninety because you might be ninety percent sure they'll play ninety minutes. Uh, but you know there's always a chance they'll go off early or there'll be an injury for example so they'd be more like 84 which is well where Wilson is so he's not actually he's not being subbed early either um, so for that reason I think he's another good option and the expected minutes obviously massively impact the predicted points again I feel like we need to explain this even though <laughs> uh, most people listening will know but this is based on a model called FPL, FPL review that predicts points in the future obviously the minutes are going to massively impact those uh, predicted points so that's where like Alvarez is really interesting for example on this list whereas predicted points are really low only five for the next two game weeks but that's off default x-mins in FPL review of 38 so Mm. expecting basically a couple of sub appearances and possibly a start with an early sub for example Um, so that's where you've got to think about actually the judgment for you comes in here when you when you think about the minutes mm-hmm. and you might disagree with some of the minutes there and think actually maybe Wilson's likely to go off earlier or maybe you think um, Alvarez is more nailed um, or we find out he's more ma- nailed if Haaland's out for example and that's where you've got to judge it yourself and that's I think a big part of the skill in FPL in general is working out uh, minutes yeah absolutely and I mean his forwards are just topical because obviously Tony's got suspended as well he's very popular isn't he he's he's not playing this one then he's playing City in 16 I think isn't it yeah City so 
he's almost a definite replace if you can do it. Obviously, Mitrovic we've already talked about. And then Haaland, you know, if Haaland's not playing, I, there's been uh, an image that probably everyone has seen on Twitter because it's just everywhere the instant it comes out that he's back in training. Doesn't mean he's obviously going to start, but... Um, is he? Know, I didn't actually know that, Luke. Did, did you not? Are you taking the piss? Mm-hmm. No, well, is that from today? <laughs> That's from today, yeah. It's all over Twitter, mate. Oh, really? No, I've not seen that, no. No, of course not. Been a busy um, day, mate. <laughs> yeah okay um so i think there's some people out there that will have i mean they may be unlucky enough to have tony harland and mitrovic we'll say unlucky they've been good picks but you know what i mean so i don't really see many other options outside there there may there may be people we've missed out list them in the chat if you've if you've got any other ideas by all means i'm struggling to scrape the barrel because like i say i can only go down i think if i had the option for wilson it would be a no-brainer i do like martial a lot for these two games if he was actually fit and available i think again the news today was that he's still um in rehab or something or coming out of rehab was, was his what the words or something like that so it's, it's not looking good for him to be honest with you um the alvarez one we should talk about right because if we just assume that alvarez is playing or we get a leak to say alvarez is playing um there's kind of two two different versions of this. There's people who won't have three City, so they might have Haaland already, and then they can bring in Alvarez for, say, a Tony or a Mitrovic. Yeah. And there'll be people who have got three City, or maybe they don't, but they just want to get rid of Haaland, and then they'll switch because he's not playing, and then they switch him to Alvarez. Mm-hmm. But then there's the week after it, right? And we talked very briefly before stream about this. If, if Haaland's in training, as it appears, to me that is positive at least for 16, if not for 15. Mm-hmm. So suddenly Alvarez becomes a problem again so you're almost locking yourself into a transfer but is the game so good home to Fulham that it could be worth it just to switch either him out or someone else out because it, again it's, it's tricky to ask that question right because there's all sorts of other factors you lose value on Haaland if you take him out well most mm. people do there's so much into that situation I'm just going to put you on the spot to say like tom- tomorrow you get the late league lineup Haaland's not playing Alvarez is in the starting lineup. not tomorrow because we're Thursday but on Saturday what would you do <laughs> Um, for my team I'd be if we knew Haaland was on the bench I don't think I'd do it because right. I in fact no if I knew Haaland was on the bench for my team I would do it but no I can bring Haaland in next week straight away make the switch back but that's only because I've recently wildcarded so my team's set up really well I don't really have any fires to put out um, at all you know, I don't have Tony or um uh, any of the players that are recently injured, obviously it would depend on Foden as well. So I would probably do it, but with the knowing that I could switch straight back. So could you? Um, could you have got money in the bank to switch back then? Because it will cost you more to buy him back, presumably. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've got 0.5 in the bank, so I could. Okay. Um, and I'd lose 0. I've had Haaland since game week one, so I'd lose 0.3 by buying him back. And I realise that's quite a significant amount. Um, but I think there's probably a good chance that would go to 0. 0.2 if there was a leak that Haaland wasn't playing. A lot of people would sell him. Because you forget as well how many people playing the game are casual and just see our oh, Haaland's not playing. He didn't play last week. We're going to sell him. So there's a chance he probably only cost you 0.2 to buy back as well. Mm. Um, so I think I would do it, but that's probably quite a unique circumstance for me where it's easy. It would be easy for me to do. Um, I think. Um, yeah, would you? <laughs> I don't. I don't think I would. Just like I'd. I'd be. I'd really want him. Don't get me wrong. If he started yeah. him to Fulham, like 100. percent it's just the whole thing of 16, right? It's just the whole mm. fact that if Haaland's back, the chances of Alvarez playing in that game home to Brentford are quite slim. Have you looked at your team for 16, though? Because some of the fixtures are so good, your team might be set up really well already. It could just be a case of the old hokey-cokey. But, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't get him back, though. So if I sold, oh, I've got you. Got yeah, you. so if I sold Haaland and then bought Alvarez, when I went, I'm literally zero in the bank. So I would need Haaland to drop by 0.3 mm. for me to be able to buy back for the 0.3 I've made on him. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't do it in your, in your situation then. And even in my situation, I'm saying I would, I would definitely strongly consider it. Like, I, yeah, I don't think it's like an absolute no-brainer by any means. No, yeah. I just think, because I'm in a unique position where I think my team's like really good this week. If I know Foden's playing uh, and I knew Harlem was out, that would be a really tempting move for me. I think for most people, I would probably agree with you. Well, there's also the factor that um, I don't think Alvarez will be guaranteed 90 minutes either. I think that you know he hasn't played that much. And when players don't play that often, first of all, then when they get thrown into the team and then have to play a lot of minutes suddenly, and you'll know better than me probably in this area, 
Um, you know, their body's probably not quite used to playing those 90 minutes inside out every week. And he yeah. obviously played last week in the Champions League. And he was doing a hell of, I mean, he does anyway. It's his, it's his style. And he is young. But he, he runs around like crazy. Um, you know, if they're 4-0 up against Fulham, you know, and it comes to the 70th minute, I mean, they could just take him off as well. I mean, it may not matter. He yeah. may have made the damage. Yeah. But I don't think you're buying a 90-minute man, are you? That's, that's the thing. No. You're, not, you're not buying some of the other guys in here and obviously with the penalties and all the other stuff. You know, that there are some downsides to Alvarez where I think, I don't think it's just absolutely guaranteed that he would just massively haul. I mean, obviously playing up front for Man City gives him a massive chance. But um, mm. it, is, it is a little bit of a risk, I think, in the minutes for that game and then obviously 16, which then slightly puts me off. So yeah, no, yeah, that's another thing as well. It's sixteen as well. Like you'd have the this is on the assumption you have the leak for this week, so you know he's going to start. Mm. Whereas for sixteen, if Haaland's still out, there's absolutely even if Haaland is out, like there's no guarantee he starts. Foden or De Bruyne can play in the false nine. Um, we know that already. Yeah. So they, they've played they've played there a few times. Hasn't Gundogan even played there before? Oh I yeah, just made that up. Bernardo yeah, Silva. Yeah, they Ed, Edison. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but there's no guarantee for the following week as well. I guess as well. So I would yeah. What about be... okay? What about if we get the information Harland starts? Because I'm assuming everyone, everyone will just capture him and that's that. But would we not yeah. say that, given his injury status and the fact that um, you know they could batter them, his minutes mm. have to be quite low as well, right, for that game? I don't see why why you would play Harland for 90 minutes in that game. But does it matter? Yeah, no, I don't think it matters. I think he's oh, there's so obviously the standout fixture with Arsenal and Liverpool playing each other mm. that kind of it kind of rules out their assets. Um, or does no, Liverpool play Spurs? Sorry, I've got that the wrong Liverpool, around. Liverpool yeah. play Spurs. Yeah. yeah, Liverpool and Spurs playing each other. Arsenal playing Chelsea. You've got <laughs> four out of the other big six ruled out, really, realistically. And you're not going to captain a Man United player. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think you've, in that situation, you've, uh, maybe the only situation is if you have got De Bruyne and Haaland and you're like really convinced that Haaland's going to be like given 45 minutes or go off like before the 60th minute and you're really kind of convinced of that. And you can't see, a, and you've got also got the news that De Bruyne is definitely starting. Like maybe that's the time when you consider it, but I wouldn't personally. I think I think it's obvious you've just got to go with Holland if he's if you know he's starting personally. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, people might have like the likes of Cancelo and Foden and be tempted. Like if Foden was leaked to be starting, then you might think, okay, he might get more minutes. Maybe I could take the risk, Cancelo. But I think if Haaland's in the starting lineup, it's very hard to move away from, isn't it? Even if I expect that he might go off after sixty minutes, sixty-five minutes. I think he still probably is the standout. I'm probably with you there. I, I, yeah, I can't really see too. There's not too many alternatives, is there, this week? And I think it's you're playing with fire. I think we know as well. I know it's a game within a game in terms of the effective ownership. Maybe we shouldn't take that into account if we're just playing for points. But um, I suppose you can't really lose in that theory perspective, which I know you hate. <laughs> got it. I think you go Holland, yeah, because he's the most likely to get the most points. I can't like see an argument for another player really realistically. If you know Haaland starting um, uh, in that situation, um, and a couple one here on this list is Skamaka, which is quite interesting. So yeah, I'm really put off uh, by as, him. Yeah, so as as you so often do when you wildcard, when I wildcarded in 13, you know you plan out your transfers for four weeks, and it it rarely actually works out that way. And this is an example of that. My plan was always this game week, I would do Mitrovic to Skamaka, mm. have him for his two really good fixtures. But since then, he's just um, well, his underlying data in general. Uh, yeah, hasn't been that great. But the key thing is he's playing tonight, isn't he? Is that right? No, no, um, he's not playing sorry, tonight. Sorry, no. Anthony, um, um, neither of them are playing tonight. That's it. Yeah, neither of them are playing tonight. So I just think uh, Antonio. Is, there's a good chance Antonio starts on the weekend. I guess with him getting a full yeah. rest. It's but a minutes thing, isn't it? It's definitely yeah. a minutes thing. It's nothing to do with the fact he hasn't scored. I mean, that'd be great if he had been scoring. Um, Takes a lot of shots. His data's not terrible. Let's say over 0.49 over the last three, six, five days is pretty damn good. Again, different league. 0.36, so not much of a dip, and obviously adjustment to the team and everything you can factor in there. So it's roughly, you know, involved in a goal every every other game. We're buying it for two very nice games, really. Home to I think Palace away are pretty terrible. Home to Le- home to Leicester yeah. as well. That's fine. It's just the whole fact that he keeps coming off early. Um, um there was a chance we thought maybe he gets penalties if uh if Bowen's been taken off them but then the fact that they've got other injuries in other areas it looks like Ben Rama he obviously took that other one so there's a good chance Ben Rama plays the fact that he scored it I think we've seen this with West Ham before when someone scores they kind of stay on it until they miss them so I guess you'd have to expect that Ben Rama 
would take it and he probably will be on the pitch at the moment. I think he's quite a nice punt actually for these two just for, just as a result of that. I think he's a great little option. Um, but yeah, it's the early minute, it's the early subs, right? I think also the fact that Antonio played pretty damn well when he came on, um, and then he's he's also rested tonight, like I said, alongside him. So it doesn't really give us any indication. You know, there's some teams like with Man City, you see people banging on about, oh, he played 90 minutes this week. That means he's not going to play the next week. That to me, that's just total horseshit. Pep doesn't yep. work like that. But I think there are the reason people think like that is because of people, you know, other teams that do quite often work like that. Um, you know. Often, whoever's played in Europe hasn't really started in the league. It's been Skamaka in the league and Antonio in Europe more often than not. And when they're yeah. both rested off the back of Antonio looking pretty good on his cameo, it would worry me. Ultimately, I think if you're looking at 65 to 70 minutes in each game, so you're looking at 140 minutes for Skamaka, um, mm. you know, maybe that's enough, maybe that's fine. And that might well be my transfer still, just Mitrovic to him and just hope that he can do something in those games. But it, it's just a little off putting, right, to buy a player that you worry about and you, you're almost certain to be subbed off so I don't know I think I might ride it out gives Mitrovic mm. 16 anyway and then yeah. focus somewhere else and I think maybe there's a lot of people in that position yeah I think it's interesting for you and those people yeah the fact that you can only go down that makes them a consideration for me I've not really considered him but I've not had to um, I'd like I prefer him to Solanke though because for me like the main thing with Solanke is He's good because of it. I know he's a similar value to Skamaka, similar price, but even cheaper. He's good because of his price and the fact he's on penalty and plays 90 minutes. So he's good because of kind of what he allows you. But you, if in bringing in Solanke, um, you're only making the most of that extra money you save for two weeks again, aren't you? So if, if you can bring in Solanke and that suddenly allows you to re- make a big upgrade somewhere else, then, I don't know, to buy Foden if you know he's starting, for example, rather than Zahar. Um that's maybe a situation where you get him, but I think it's that's more what it is. It's more a value pick to improve another part of your squad. Yeah, yeah. So like um, in my I think case, in the, uh, I've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, so I haven't seen the the benefit of that, but the theory's yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, people are asking about Ronaldo. People in the chat. I don't. I mean, to me, that's just a complete no go. I could be completely off the pulse there, but he's playing tonight as well. I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure on his minutes. Obviously, I know I just mentioned Martial's. I don't think he will play, but he maybe takes 16. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm totally wrong there, but I just don't see Ronaldo as, a, as an option. But I could be wrong. I mean, this is the whole thing. The variance, the games are fine. If I like Rashford and I like Martial, you know, Ronaldo's there and he presumably he'll be on penalties. I mean, he definitely will be this week because Bruno Fernandes mm. is out. Um, yeah, I mean, it could work, but it just he's just not on my radar at all. Maybe that's uh, just... No, no, 100% it is not a good option, FPL. Like, I've... <laughs> the fact, yeah, he started tonight and... The two games he started, so he started the game against Brentford early in the season, and they lost like four-one or four-nil. It was a disaster. Um, the next game he started was actually because Rashford picked up an injury, and the more recent one he started in the league was because Anthony picked up an injury as well. Um, so he's actually only started, apart from that Brentford one, he's only started games where he's had to because of an injury. It's not even like Ten Hag's given him a chance in the league. He's very much their player for the Europa League, um, and he's also just not very effective. Um, <laughs> to don't use that great anymore personally. Um, like he's still a great goal scorer. I don't doubt if he played for a team every week. In certain teams, he'd score lots of goals. But as a pick now in FPL in that system with Ten Hag, even if he wasn't, even even if he was playing every week, I'm not convinced he'd be a good option because um, yeah, because of the way Ten Hag wants to play. Um, so I think that's not even a consideration. Shame, uh, Hart saying Adam Armstrong has more FPL points than Skamaka. I don't understand Review's obsession with him. Well, it'll be because Schumacher's underlying data is a lot better than Adam Armstrong's. And obviously, Schumacher didn't start the season either. Um, yeah. You know, I, Adam Armstrong was a very good player for Blackburn and had a very good goal. I think last season I got I got him in um, off the back of his data. And potentially there is a player in there. But, um, I mean, for me anyway, just from a personal touch, he just completely bombed out of the team for no reason the, the second I got him and never started. So <laughs> I don't know if that will be the case here. But he does like to mess with the front two occasionally. I think this season he's been fairly consistent with Armstrong and Adams up top. But I've noticed recently he started to... The minutes are sort of getting chopped and changed a little bit. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if that just, yeah, changes again very quickly. Yeah, he, yeah his default um, expected minutes are really low. Um, okay. on review so now I've not thought about it I've watched enough Southampton games to kind of give the reason for that but just in, in, but they they were because I remember scrolling past Armstrong to get to Martial and he was only just above him um, um, so presumably his X-Mins were really low so I think there is potential potentially more rotation there um, I don't know that off the top of my head 
you know, in the, terms of the, re the reasons the, why. The one other forward I would actually like to to take a punt on maybe is Awanui, however you say it, for Forrest. Yeah. The thing is, it's the same problem with him. You're just going to get subbed and you can't guarantee starts. If you told me he was mm. going to play 90 minutes both games, his data from um, the other league, the German league that he was in, is fantastic. You know, He's probably the only player I actually see from Forrest actually able to score a goal, but they still seem to not actually play him that often. Um, and the fixtures are really nice, and he's a cheap enough price. So, uh, again, it's more of a in the Solanke bracket, right? Because I'd have to more than, like, he's amazing. But I, mm. I think he would be an outside shout, but it, it, you just can't trust the minutes, can you? So there's just no reason to go there over Solanke. But you could get lucky for these two weeks, I suppose. Um, yeah, he's another one for you. Um, do you think, I've hardly seen anyone discuss it, and I guess the reason is that if Haaland doesn't play, there's an obvious alternative in Alvarez if you know he's not playing. But there is the, there is the option of just going Haaland to Kane. And Kane plays Liverpool this week, but then he's got Leeds in 16. Mm -hmm. So in 16, Haaland is... Sorry, in 16, Kane is brilliant. So, like, you wouldn't feel the same pressure to bring Haaland back in if you knew you had Kane against Leeds, no, even, if, even, even if Haaland did play. So if you know Haaland... You know, if we know Haaland's in full training, but we also know he's not in the squad at all, um, so there's a bit of worry or he'll almost definitely be back for 16, you probably feel safer getting Kane than you would Alvarez. So maybe in that specific scenario, suddenly Kane becomes more of a consideration if you don't have the money to get Haaland back again. Mm -hmm. Just because in 16, you'll feel a lot safer with a really good captain option in him and Salah um, do you, who plays Southampton. Do you think a lack so, yeah. of sun will have an impact on him, though? Because obviously he's, prob he's probably going to be out for both games, isn't he? He's almost he's definitely out yeah. for this one. Is that the World Cup, son? No, well, I don't, I don't uh, think they've released that. He's, he's having no. surgery on this eye socket issue. Yeah. Um, I remember... Do you remember the uh, in 2018 he scored that last minute goal to knock Germany out in the group stage? Yeah, they were like two one up, and there was like a last minute clear. Neuer took a throw in, <laughs> and then uh, South Korea won the ball back because Neuer was up from a corner and they just pinged it long and Son scored. So I hope, he, I hope he's back for the World Cup. And uh, yeah, in terms of impacting Kane, yeah, I think he's on four yellows by the way. They're saying as well. I bet, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that would be a concern, wouldn't it? If he gets it against yeah. Liverpool, you're suddenly screwed. So I think you have to chalk it. Just off the basis yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, I, I hadn't, um, I'd forgotten that. I did know that. I forgot that. Um, yeah, but yeah, inevitably, some that will impact his minutes. Yeah, sorry, will impact um, how much of a good option he is in FPL. Definitely, Son's such a good player. They're going to play better as a team when he's in the team. Hundred um, uh, percent. Um, yeah, the fact he's on four yellows that changes things. Yeah, it opens up a potential punt in midfield for Lucas Moura because I think he's probably going to be playing up front, but and he's quite cheap. But I just don't know whether that's. <laughs> yeah, we we get into the dregs now. Yeah, but it's, there's a reason, right? Like I said, because it's the last two weeks. You know, if you want to have a little bit of fun with the team, I don't think it's the worst situation to to be in. Mm -hmm. If your team's completely set elsewhere, you know, Lucas Moura as a midfielder playing up front, maybe home to Leeds, could be all right. But I think he's been pretty tragic, and overall his numbers aren't great. So it's. I'd probably prefer Ben Rama if I was going to take a punt in that bracket. I think there's obvious, the reason we didn't even bring up a midfield um, a table here is I think the, the midfield options are pretty clear if you do want to make a midfield transfer. I still think Rashford mm. and Trossard are just clearly the best options. And um, In fact, I'm going to go to it now. So I've got like from FPL Reviews, this is the paid version. Uh, hopefully you guys can see it on the screen. I've listed it just by the top 50 options and the, it's total points which you can see in that column. 13.5 for Salah there. Um, it's obviously in order of who gets the most it, it thinks over the two weeks over, across average, across all positions. And there's just the clear and obvious names are there, right? And the midfielders, Salah, De Bruyne, Foden, Saka, Bowen, Trossard, Martinelli, Zaha, Rashford. I mean, these, aren't, these are no secrets. I think everyone has got a midfield made up of those players in some way, shape or form, probably with a Pereira on the bench or is looking to get one of those guys. It seems pretty clear, right? What about what about Bowen? Because obviously we think he's probably lost penalties. The fixtures are mm. great. Would you look to bring him in as one of the options? I, th I personally think Rashford's probably the best option, but I think Bowen maybe... I mean, Review seems to prefer Bowen. Um, yeah, he was actually another one. So when I wild-carded, and so best-case scenario, no injuries, and I had like a, lux a luxury transfer this week, one I was considering was Saka to Bowen. But that was before Bowen was off penalties, and before I'd other before um, you know there's the potential that Foden and Haaland wouldn't play. Um, so yeah, the fact he's not on penalties puts me off him a lot more. And I think yeah, I think I think it's quite close between Bowen and Rashford to be honest. I don't think there's a standout because I really really do like West Ham's fixtures mm. the last two, Palace and then 
Leicester. Yeah, so I, I think Bowen's a really good option. So is Rashford. I I find it hard to separate them. If I had to, I think I'd probably actually maybe even just edge towards Bowen. Just huh. of what we've seen from him. Like the whole of last season, he got how many points? 200? Did he get in the end? Yeah. He wasn't, on penal- he wasn't on penalties last season. So long term, we know he's still a really good option. Um, he was also rested tonight, didn't travel with the team. I mean, he's one of those few play- few West Ham players that didn't even travel. Um, so again, that makes him a better option. So I'd probably slightly prefer Bowen, but yeah, I think Rashford's also great. Yeah, I still, and- I still like Bowen as well. We've talked about Rashford before as well, again, when we went through midfielders and the fact that like his underlying data last season was terrible. Um, and the same for, like I think, the first half or maybe even the whole of the season before. But ultimately, he's a player who's scored, I think, 19 or 20 goals in a Premier League season before. 19, At least yeah. very... 19, yeah. So we know he's got that in his locker. And he's um, he's not like he's now 33. Like he's, He should, in theory, be getting better still as a player. So the fact that we know he can do that and has got that that goal scoring ability, um, even though that was like two or three years ago, you know, I think that there was penalties uh, in there as well. But yeah, he was still good. I, th- I think the away to yeah, the away to Fulham game is just. I think just playing Fulham is incredibly appealing. I think because they're obviously their data is terrible anyway. They're not. It's not the worst. I think Forest is is the worst overall. But I think in the style that they play, they're happy to try and take on the big teams, aren't they? And that can work in their favour. I mean, Fulham could end up beating Man United as a result of trying to play them and, and just you know having a great game. But I think the fact that they're willing to remain open, whereas some teams will just sit with the low block the whole game. Again, you know, people seem to build narratives around that, and I'm doing it here myself. You know, if you sit with a low block this whole game, you could easily just lose two or three nil because you're just waiting to get beat. It, there's no guarantee that, that that keeps the score down. But I think instinctively, Fulham being Quite, they had quite a high line. The day, their most recent day as well, the last six weeks, is the worst of all teams. We shouldn't read into small samples, but it has been dreadful. And I think given the way Man United play, in particular the way Rashford, um, his best his best skill really is being on the counter, isn't it? Being on the last man, I think. Um, yeah. Even when he's out on the left or whatever. It just seems to all suit Fulham. I, I feel like if, there, if there's ever a haul coming for Rashford, it feels like the Fulham game is the one that it would happen. But you don't yeah. need to make the transfer this week. That could be maybe, you know, we get into 16 and mm. you don't have any other fires. He could maybe be one that people people go to. So I, I really yeah, like yeah. him for that. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I like that, Shai. There's a question in the chat about Almiron, which is interesting. Yeah. So saying that, is he still not rated by review? I think the interesting thing about Almiron... He's pretty high on that before I want to start. I mean, he's rated for 7.1 points. So this, remember, mm. is the top 50 players on review. Sorry to cut in. Of all, So all That's positions... Right. And Almiron is still fairly high. Where is he? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16. So he's the 16th highest rated player in all positions for points over the last two. So I'd say that's still pretty high. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, carry yeah. on. I was just going to say, with a player like Almiron, there's two things I'd say. Firstly, he's so cheap that actually, even if he doesn't carry on at this rate, which he won't, he's not going to constantly get double-digit returns um, you know, as regularly as he has in the last six or seven game weeks. So even if he just... Uh, even if he, he drops off, you know, even if he drops off quite a lot, he's probably still going to be a good asset at his price. And the other thing is, like, Almiron, if you look at his long-term underlying data, it's really, really bad. And this is where you have to try and work out the context. So Almiron, his underlying data is still, even though he scored a lot of long-range goals, um, his underlying data is actually really good. He's had a lot of chances. He has a lot of shots. So this season, it's really good. Long-term, it's really bad. So you've got to try and put it into context. And actually, we can see clearly he's playing in a far better team this year. Um, Newcastle are playing far better on the whole. Um, but So that plays a part in it, in my opinion. But another thing that plays a part in it is just that he is on a hot streak with finishing, and that just happens sometimes. Yeah. Like He's probably going to have like three goals nominated for goal of the month in uh, November. Like, well... Yeah, yeah, like he scored that one that came over the, his left shoulder. He hit it with the outside of his left boot and lobbed the keeper. He scored the one last weekend where he cut inside and put it in the top corner. There's another one I can't think of off the top of my head. But like he scored some ridiculous goals, and that he's not going to do that every week. But even if that drops off a little bit, he's probably just going to still still be really, really good value. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of both. Like He will drop off, but actually, because Newcastle have improved. Um, and also, he may have just improved as a player. That does happen. Like players get better and they start playing a system that suits them better. That's, that's clearly happening. He's getting more regular minutes. So you have to try and account for all these things and put it in context. I think, he, I had, think, he's, I think he was he's, like he's, the he's, best player in the MLS on the season he was signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which you know isn't saying much. I think I'd be pretty good in the MLS, but he's he. I mean, this is the thing. I see people saying people don't re- review, can't rate Almiron because of where he is. Like I say, he is still high, and it's it's built slowly into it on purpose because for every Almiron, there's a million other players that have a purple patch and disappear to nowhere. You touched it though. His data is still really good. So it's the, season, that that's yeah. the important thing, you know. Forget the points. Even if he was getting no points right now, the fact that his data is high, review would would rate him pretty highly because his data was looking good. Um, yeah, like if if he'd um, scored, how many has he scored this season? Seven or eight? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't if, know that. If, he, if if he'd scored those, but from like zero point, uh, but from like two xg all season, we'd be saying like it's not sustainable at all. He's not going to be a long term asset. His under, but his underlying data is actually matching up to that quite well. So we do need to take him seriously. It's, do you remember when um, I'll let someone put it in the chat Joe for every armor on every, yeah, that's, yeah, so that's, that's exactly what I was looking for thank you Nick yeah. Yeah. he but, scored like seven games in a row didn't he or something so, yeah. I don't know seven game, goals in ten games or whatever and then just didn't score again for <laughs> months absolutely like that that does happen but I mean, you know, I'd be interested to see Joe Willett's underlying data that season it, it wasn't okay. great it wasn't great I yeah. remember looking um, the thing with him is because his data is good um, there's still always the chance, right, that that he does just revert to the mean of what he has before. There is that chance. Like, it can happen. We, this could be a really long purple patch. You know, people's data can improve as well, significantly for a short period, and then revert or change. But it, it doesn't appear to. So you are taking the punt that it will continue, and the more recent data is, is the new Almiron. There is still a punt in there. But given his price, and that's something we come back to, it doesn't really that's matter. It. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You you could get. I mean, you could even argue at this point. I think really, um, if his data was terrible, given his price, the fact that he keeps scoring, you could just bring him in and just hope that it continues. I mean, I I, I wouldn't personally do that, but I wouldn't you know look down on people if they were to do so. They could just yeah, get yeah it. it's low risk. Exactly, it's low risk. Um, I'm just looking at. He's still five point six. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, you, you touched on it there, though. I don't think he's going to continue to playing to keep scoring worldies, but I think just playing in the front three for Newcastle, they're all so cheap at the moment, and they are one of the better sides. You know, their team data as well suggests they are one of the better sides in the league. So it's just a bit of a no-brainer. I mean, even after the World Cup, um, given the value, he will allow you to. I mean, allow you to get three of him probably if you if you play it, well, almost certainly, mm-hmm. or expensive defenders. So I think he will be very popular. But we just had to be prepared. Like I said, that it could it could all turn to shit if he can refer. But it's looking good for him. It's looking good for him, definitely. Um, is there any other midfielders you want to talk about? I don't think there's too many other ones. Is there? I mean, Foden. Should we we haven't really touched on him. So Foden. Yeah. I know we're kind of waiting for the leak. So this is the problem with all this content. Is like people are just waiting for it, and we get that. But um, yeah. let's say you don't it? get it. I, I I can't see how. You know how I could possibly bring myself to take Foden out if I don't get if we don't get any information beforehand with a game home to Fulham, even if I think maybe he won't play, which I don't think. I think he probably will play, but let's say he doesn't. I think he's not going to play. I can't bring myself to substitute him out ahead of that fixture because yeah. it, because he could easily play or he could easily play thirty minutes and still end up being one of the better midfielders. And then we've got sixteen, which is also a great game. So I just don't mm. know how in any world where people are preparing themselves to to, to remove him or are doing so. Without the information, like I, I yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's not even entered my thoughts to, to remove him. But maybe I'm just, you know, in my own little oh, bubble there. Oh, I'm with you, mate. I think I think it's because it's Pep, isn't it? And it, of and also because of just how ridiculously good Foden's been this season and over the last couple of seasons as well. He's not just suddenly, he's not he's not just suddenly not a good player. You know, he's not being dropped. I, I, that's not the word I'd use. We just know that that's not how Pep works. You know, he. If he'd have played midweek and started and only played 60 minutes, like, sure, that definitely makes him more likely to start this weekend, in my opinion. I would see that as a positive. Um, but I don't think it makes a huge difference that he played 90 personally, just because of what we know about Pep in general is, like, the reason it's called Pep Roulette is that it's unpredictable. The idea that we now know he's not going to start, like, is is silly. <laughs> yeah, I'd go, I'd, I'd go the other way. I think usually with Pep, um, Foden generally plays like that. That's the bottom line. I've put it all over yeah. Twitter and him. Like when he's available, Foden generally plays. I know if you look back in hindsight over his minutes, like I think last season it was about two thousand three hundred, two thousand four hundred or something. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at it in detail, a lot of that he was either injured. There was a small period he was punished, which was you know it was published like, published in the media. The whole thing with Grealish and turning up late for training, um, mm-hmm. drunk. 
you know, then we had a couple of games towards the end of the season where they were in very clutch games. The fixtures were thick and fast. You know, he, he changed the entire team for the semi-final versus Liverpool, I remember. You know, he dropped him, I think, home to Watford was one of the games before a Champions League. These are all obvious times where you can almost see, well, it makes sense to obviously drop Foden at that point. Um, outside of that, he generally plays. And he's played, let's not forget, every Premier League game until the last two. So, yeah, people will say, well, there's an issue now. But the problem with Man City is, I think, nearly every player has got a player almost as good as them in the same position. So we're used to this. You know, if this wasn't... If people didn't see the fact that he'd played every fixture until these last two, they wouldn't think anything of this. If I said to you, like, the beginning of the season, for example, um, in the first 13 weeks, Foden will play 11 games, I think most people would say, OK, yeah, that seems pretty good. You know, it's, it's mm. the fact that it's happened the last two, they start putting reasons on it. And there may be reasons, but Pep said he was tired. OK, Pep said he was tired. We don't have any reason to to not believe that and the end of the day even if that's not true and something else has happened um you know we're not going to know that we're never going to know that information the fact that he, like you said he plays in the champions league it's not like he's been dropped from the team altogether he started in those two games so it might just be that that's the way it's worked out where he was too tired or fatigued on the tests that they do or whatever for the particular game or tactically they didn't want him for that game but then they used him in the champions yeah. league that happens all the time with pep so i don't think he was sensational as well that's the other thing he was so good the other night um it's only versus Seville and it's a nothing game and he played in centre midfield, but he was so good. So to me, getting minutes in Pep's team and playing well is usually what I've used in the past to help me predict Pep because usually he likes players that he goes on their form, you know, how they're playing, how they've shown themselves. So I think Foden's done himself no harm in playing really, really well in that game. The biggest yep. issue for Foden for me is the fact that Grealish plays in his main position and Grealish is playing really well. That's the issue. That's the overall issue. Nothing to do with minutes, nothing to do with that. I think, ideally, he needs to be playing Grealish and Foden. That's my opinion, and play Foden on the right-hand side. And he has been generally reluctant to do that. Last season, he could play false nine, Foden. That's obviously been taken away with him as they've signed Haaland and now Alvarez, who will play there. So he's, he's, mainly, he's mainly competing with the other player in the team who's playing really well at the moment, which is Grealish, in this position, which is annoying. In my head, you can just put him on the right. Pep doesn't seem to want to do that for whatever reason. Now, he... There's lots of issues there because you've got Mares who can play there, obviously. You've got Foden who can play there. Bernardo Silva who will play there to play Gundogan in the middle. And Gundogan's been playing a, a lot of games recently. Um, you've got Palmer who actually is, that's his best position. I know he's unlikely to play that he can play there. And Alvarez can play off of that side as well. He doesn't just play as striker. So if Haaland is available, that's possible. It's the most, that's the hardest position in the Man City team to predict is who will play in that position. So if Grealish is going to play, and he's already said, I think, did you see the quote where he said, I took Grealish off because we're going to need him in the next game? Again, I don't... The way people well, read Pep is really literal. He says yeah. we'll need him for the next game. That doesn't mean he's going to start the next game. That might, it might be the next few games he's trying to rest him, or it might be, I'll need him off the bench in the next game. Or, or, just, or just need him available for selection if I choose to select him. Absolutely. Like, and yeah. this is the thing, you don't, you don't pick your team, Pep's not stupid, three days before the game and then just basically write off the training because you've got three days to impress him in training for that team. So there's no guarantee. Greek Grealish may not play because he might be terrible in the next three days or turn up late to training again. There's no guarantees there. We take everything so literal. But yeah. I would say the way Grealish is playing, it's quite likely that he would start that game. So straight away now we're looking at Foden realistically has probably only got the right wing spot to play and it is the high, most contested position in the, in the team. So as much yeah. as I think he will play, there is obviously a, you know, a, a chance that he doesn't. So it's it's scary. Yeah, I do think that um, like predicting that is fun, and it's so annoying like the leaks. I think it just takes so much fun out of it. It's just really underwhelming. I think when you get to a deadline and it's like last week, and it's just like a big flurry over. Oh, suddenly we all know Holland's not in the squad, and we know Foden's benched. Oh, what do I do? It creates like chaos and also just it's just not exciting. It's more fun if you're locked in and then you get to see if you were right. Like, yeah. don't know. I find that I just don't get excited about that. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think I think also with Foden, it's just I wouldn't. I'm just going to repeat what you're saying, but I just think I, I just think that he'll um, he when he's fit he plays, and even with just like you said with. Um, just because he, he's not played midweek, or sorry, just because he's played 90 midweek doesn't mean he's not going to play in the weekend. It's similar with Grealish. Just because Grealish is suddenly playing really well doesn't mean he's going to keep playing. It's really hard to predict Pep that way as well. Because well, that's exactly what happened with, exactly what happened with Foden. 
Yeah. Foden was playing like absolutely brilliantly, and suddenly he's dropped. So it's not even always that simple either. No, and it's that, like, Alex. I just want to just, touch on yeah. what Alex is saying in the chat there about he went off at half time, so he's definitely going to start him. It's obvious he's, he's, in terms of Grealish. Um, first of all, I think he probably will play, but I don't think it. I mean, there's numerous occasions where we've seen a player sub off early for Pep and then not play the next, or play 90 and then play three 90s just out of you know. Mares has even just suddenly played like three or four 90s in a row after not playing. I mean, I don't think it's completely obvious. He also, Seville played with a back five, and he actually said in that quote as well, he was playing really well, but what we wanted was a left footer on the left side to be able to swing the crosses in, and it changed the game. So that comes back to the other thing about Pep, is it's all about how he tactically approaches the game. So generally on a back five, he wants outside players so he can stretch the pitch and get the crosses in, rather than players cutting in and going into the congested areas. Now, Fulham play with a back four, so you could argue there Grealish is more likely to play that. So that's the reason why, because he's happy for him to come in. The same way, everyone who plays on the right-hand side for Man City is left-footed. They don't have any right-sided right-footers. They don't have any. So they, they're almost forced to have people play that way. Even if he tells them to stay wide, like he does with Mares, he like stay wide sometimes, completely stay. They still cut in because they're all left-footed. So he's kind of... Interesting. Yeah, so... If it's against a back five, you've got... My point here is you've got more chance of Foden playing on the left-hand side. Um, because it's a back four, I think Grealish will probably play there, and then we have to hope Foden's going to play on the right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to hope. But hopefully we get the news. We probably spent too much time on that. But, yeah, those are my mm. thoughts. Mm. Yeah, to be honest, I think it's, it's unlikely we'll see many people making defensive transfers this week. No, there's, there's nothing. I mean, for me, if we are talking about defenders, I think Cresswell's just the obvious pick, and you've already got him, haven't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. He's so good, mate. Honestly, he's just so fun to own as well in FPL because he's even in the United game. Like he had because he takes corners and he crosses from deep like all the time. So you just always know there's a chance, even if they can see. And I find that quite fun uh, in a player. It's good um, for bonus, isn't he? And I've, I've just looked at FPL review and I brought it up for the defenders. You've obviously got Cancelo, Trent, Trippier at the top because of what they offer. Um, you know, I, I've got those three, so that'd be really helpful. So around that price bracket, it's got Dunk and Cresswell. So Dunk's just ahead of him by 0.2. Um, so I think those two are probably the standout. And mm. Zuma's, you know, I can't afford Cresswell, so Zuma's just below that. So some, yeah. a transfer I could do this week is just do Doherty to, um, to Zuma and just play him ahead of Mitrovic. That's something yeah. I've looked at, but it feels quite boring. Like you said, no one's going to do a yeah, defensive yeah. transfer. It might end up being me. Yeah, that, that, could be, that could make total sense if your team's really good for next week. Um, as well, like Zuma is a really good fixture next week as well. Um, could work out well, and um, yeah, he just he, he could score. You never know, mate. He nearly scored against United as well. Don't know if you saw that. De Gea made an amazing save mm. from a from a Creswell cross actually. Yeah, Zuma had a really good save. I, I'd love um, I'd love Creswell for these last next two games. We we know that the creative fullbacks in this game um, in FPL just they just chalk up those bonus points so easily, don't they? Yeah, so yeah. if he gets a clean sheet, you'd have, you'd have to hope that he's going to be in the bonus. If he does nothing else, yeah. and obviously he can get the assist. I'd really like an attacking attacking return from him or Gabriel in the next two weeks, so I'll be good. Desperate for it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it's such you... a good feeling when your defender scores and gets an assist, it's great. And when you're the only person in the whole game who doesn't own Trippier, it's very painful. <laughs> yeah, and as, as much as... I mean, Zoom obviously scored last week, so this isn't a great example, but that, I really don't like buying that kind of player. Like, like if I was to do that, that Zuma transfer... I'm basically just hoping he gets a clean sheet in those two games, aren't I? I know he could get the goal, but realistically, a centre-back, you know, at best, scoring the very, very best they get in a season is like five or six, and you're looking at between zero and three, most likely. So to hit that goal, it's pretty damn lucky. So I'm really just hoping for that clean sheet. And if it, if it busts, like most of them seem to do more often than not, you know, you're just looking at a transfer for two points, and it... I go back to that whole we've only got two weeks left and it does feel like chasing those more explosive picks is more viable in this in this window. Especially if you've got a bench, right? If you've got the likes of Pereira and stuff to, to fall back on, I think it's it, it lends itself a little bit more to that when the when the when the cutoff's so so close. Yeah. Yeah. Um is there anything else you particularly wanted to go over, mate? I can't think. We can answer some questions in the chat if people want to put any in there. Um I saw a few that we've gone through. Um, it's an interesting one. If Foden is in, not injured, but he's out, yeah. Um, basically, if he's not starting, and you've got Grealish, Maris, Bernardo, would you buy any of the other ones in midfield? I would actually be quite tempted. Normally, I would say no, because mm -hmm. I don't think they're good long-term picks for for actual points, actual goals and assists. 
But I think the, the nature of the games are so good, the home Fulham and home Brentford, you'd probably put them down for three or four goals. And this is it's probably faulty thinking on my behalf because at the end of the day they're expecting a goal involvement still quite low. But I feel like if Man City are going to score four or five goals in both those games and you just get a player who's on the pitch for 90 minutes, so even Rodri, which I wouldn't recommend, he's got a chance to get something from those games. I mean, just tapping it two foot to someone who can get an assist. So I, I actually think that Bernardo Silva wouldn't be the worst pick in the world because he's, he's actually quite affordable and he's likely to play both the yeah. games, I would say. Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, like I think it's it's fine, but only in certain situations. I think most people will have a better chance to make than that. Mm. I still um, prefer Rashford, but I think that like if you just want to get a piece of the Man City goals, I think mm. giving yourself the player who's most likely to play the most minutes does give you a chance. Yeah, I don't particularly like it personally, but yeah, mm. I get it. I do, I do get it. And I think for maybe a very specific team, you know, if they've only got two City. They've got no fires to put out. You know, they don't own Mitrovic. Mm. Uh, they know that Holland Foden are starting. Um, and for example, you get a leak that Bernardo's starting, for example, and you already own Rashford. Like, yeah, like I can see a situation where then they might be considered. I think it's just the desire to get on three City, isn't it? Yeah. Which you can completely understand. Um, what about Perisic? Because we know Sun's out. And I know the fixtures, you know, it's a way to Liverpool, home to Leeds. But I think with Sun being out, I know they could play the two up front and they probably are likely to do that. But even so, Perisic is likely to play at wing-back. I know you don't like the players who don't get the minutes, do you? So you're going to say no. But there's a chance, basically, that Perisic ends up playing in the front three. You know, if they do play a front three against Leeds, it would be Perisic in there, I think. It would be Perisic more... Unless Richarlison's back, I think there's a slight chance maybe he's back. But he has played there this season. Yeah, there's a chance that Richarlison's back for 16, I think. Um, yeah, and Conte's actually mentioned it in a press conference quite recently that Perisic can play in the front three. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's possible. I, yeah, you predicted exactly what I'd say. I just don't trust his minutes at all. And it's, the annoying thing is that he so often comes off the bench when he doesn't start. Yeah, that's the annoying He part. must start like half of games and when he doesn't start, he comes off the bench. So I don't, I don't like him at all, personally. But, yeah, when he does start, he's brilliant. So if you're feeling brave... I think that's more one for 16. We know we get the, not quite leak, but sort of a leak from Paul O'Keefe. If he predicts Perisic to start in the front three versus Leeds in 16, and given it's a Hail Mary, as in it is literally for one week and then we're wildcarding, I think that probably appeals there. I don't think I'd do it this week, because I think he's probably mm. going to play front two for a start. But that doesn't I've seen that Man City play first in 16 as well. Yeah. So there's another, it's got like another good chance to get a leak there. Honestly, I just find that so boring. <laughs> well, yeah. I prefer to have the information than not, to be honest. I, I don't like it, but at the end of the day... Mm-hmm. I, what I hate is the fact that, and people have discussed it, is, is the fact that it kind of... It ruins your weekend, I think, in terms of if you, you're keeping your finger on the pulse the whole time. So I've got two kids, you're doing other stuff, and I've constantly got a check, checking Twitter on my phone to check like if any information's come out. And obviously, there's yeah. idiot, idiots spouting rubbish as well. I'd rather not have to... <laughs> bother with yeah. that I'd rather and I know I could just shut off from it but you know it's key information at the end of the day and we're trying to do well so mm. it's frustrating frustrating because I mean I play Sky and they, they let you change your team um, right up to the very kickoff of the first game I think that works yeah. fine like I know I know there's people around the world that play this game and it will be annoying because they'd have to you know if they wanted to keep their finger on the pulse get up at like three in the morning or god knows what time to be able to have that information but it's not really too different to now now you're doing it and basing it on whims and, and leaks and stuff um so yeah mm. I, I think it just makes sense but the, the other part of it is the game takes so long to bloody update that if they were to do that i think that people like the live points and stuff and you'd probably be 45 minutes into the game before it even kicked in i mean that wouldn't bother me but i think as a global yeah. appeal for the game it's quite it's a consideration for them yeah, I think the anyone who follows me on Twitter will know what I think about it because I've been vocal about it. I, I tweeted about it on Sunday morning. Just the thought came to my head and suddenly it created this massive conversation on Twitter. I basically think that if you move the deadline to on kickoff for the 12.30 game, I think it potentially creates even more problems because firstly, those people who sometimes get up if they think there's going to be a leak, they then kind of basically have to because that becomes a massive part of the game. Like If you do that over 38 game weeks... You always have the first team sheet. That's a huge advantage. It also makes it more boring because you get so many more people captaining a player in the first game. If there's a 50-50 captain call, that'll be 
what swings it, knowing that they're going to start. Um, and I also think you then risk even more leaks because it's then only two and a half hours away from the three o'clock games, and suddenly it could be even more carnage. So I, I, yeah, I think it's a lot better now than than it was when it was only an hour before kickoff because you always got that leak like within the last fifteen minutes. Um, so I think it's a lot better now because we get less, but we hardly ever. Like, it's really rare that you get a leak for the three o'clock games and um, when the deadline's at 11. So I think you could just move the deadline back a couple of hours still yeah. and have it at like not nine o'clock Saturday morning, for example, or three and a half hours before the deadline. Yeah. You get rid of the majority of leaks and then you could just set your team the night before if you've got something to do the next day or if you're, you live in a time zone where you, you don't have to get up. Because I think by, yeah, if it's on 12.30, then that becomes such a big part of a game, an advantage to knowing the full team sheet that, it becomes like a huge thing having to at get least, up in the middle of the night for those people. At least but yeah, everyone I get, knows I get, it, right? At least it's there sure. and you can you can do it if you want to. I mean, if... yeah, I get that. I, I do get that that like you know it's reliable, but I just still think that becomes too much of a big part of the game mm. and too much of a hassle for people. You know, I say that as someone who lives in the UK, it'd be easy for me. Probably end up with a better rank because of those people that would struggle. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, would you? Would you? I'll put this to you then. So let's say, I mean, I don't know the time. But let's say you're in Australia or something, and um, you have to set your alarm for four o'clock in the morning or three o'clock. Would you do it? You would, wouldn't you? Yeah. You, exactly. <laughs> you'd look, you'd you'd get up, you'd make your transfer, and you go back to bed. The thing is, I wouldn't be able to do that and then know there's football going on and sleep. I'd be sitting there going, I wonder if he scored. I wonder if he's not. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't be able to do it. It would absolutely ruin me because I can't. Yeah. I can't let it go. Uh, it's what I said right at the start, actually, as well. Going back to like how it's disappointing when you're waiting for your players and stuff, I often think if you just got it all in one big hit, it wouldn't be as bad. Like You look at your team and go, oh, okay, it didn't do that well this week. kind of sucks, but yeah, whatever. It's the hope that kills you. It's the fact that, like, oh, I've got a player coming up and it's going to be Sunday, 4 o'clock, and I'm waiting all, all this time, and then he goes and blanks up, for God's sake, just stretching out the pain. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I probably would do that, but it would just be like there would be times where you'd miss your alarm. There's also just people in the UK that work every single Saturday, um, or they work night shifts. Fifty percent. Yeah. Yeah, if they're working like and they just own a job where they can't check their phone, like suddenly that's a huge part of the game. But they've got a massive disadvantage if there's like thirty-eight game weeks and all thirty-eight game weeks everyone gets to see a team chat and you never see it. Mm. It's, ne- know. it's never going to be totally fair either because there are people out there that do know the lineups. Like they're not, they're not usually the idiots that are leaking it all over Twitter. Yeah. But there are people, yeah, obviously, that work in the actual club that will know them. The players know them. You know, they yeah, might tell their family. Yeah, you can't yeah. avoid it. So there's always going to be people who have the extra information. Um, I think, yeah. l- luckily for us, most of the players are pretty terrible at FPL. <laughs> if it just take one to actually like be pretty good at the game, like really good at the game, and then maybe they could have a huge advantage there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really poor, I think, though, because like, I get it with the you know when Rockstar leaks it, um, that was all. It, it would always be, um, like within 15 minutes to the deadline. So it's only 15 minutes before the team sheets come out. So you know, a lot of journalists release the team. You get leaks from journalists in general at that time. So nothing wrong with that. But like, yeah, when it's like, it's obviously people internal at the club that tell someone who then. Well, someone who's on Twitter or someone who knows someone on Twitter. You know, I just think there's at any club, like, it's just, it'd be really, really frowned upon if the club knew that you do that. Oh, absolutely. Like, like you could lose your job. <laughs> if you're oh. part of the team and you're, and you're telling a mate who you know that's going to find its way to Twitter. Like, I think it's really important when people do it, to be honest. Um, yeah, you should be fired all day yeah. long if you're leaking it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because although there was no advantage to the opposition knowing the team, because opposition teams will. 100% they'll have people who are on Twitter looking for that lineup if it's well in advance. Like, there'll be, it will get to them somehow. And if there was no advantage to it, then they would just say the team in the press conference, wouldn't they? Or they would just announce it earlier. Like, there obviously is an advantage to the, to the other team guessing. What are you playing um, Scrabble in the sure. background as well? Christ. Sorry, I was sorry, I'm fidgeting with something on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely me. Um, I think also, do you know what? So, IKEA, IKEA um, what do you call that? Spanner, Spanner. <laughs> just Spanner, yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a. I think there's loads of players that actually leak to other players as well because they're all mates these days, aren't they? As well. So if you're a player on the bench and it barely affects you, or maybe if you're not even on the bench, you know, oh, you, yeah. you can be, I don't know, in the England team, and you can be Mason Mount telling Grealish and back and forth. You starting today, mate? It can be as simple as that, can't it? Yeah, I'll see you on the pitch. They're all doing that. They're all doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if they are. Yeah. Something that teams do. Um, 
So something that happens in, which is quite interesting, in like youth football, where they don't have the same access to like the footage of the opposition team and things like that, is that when they each team has to like submit their team sheet formally to the referees before the game, and they'll just and you have to write out an information, because um, it's for things like media as well. Um, and they'll just write the players in completely random positions. It's just to throw off the opposition. So then they get that, and then their their analyst is up there um, trying to work out early on which player is playing where, and it just makes it that little bit harder initially to work out which player is who um, in a league where there's not that access to videos of players and in youth leagues and things like that. Okay, yeah. I just, I just think, and it's really like petty, but it's really funny. <laughs> no, no, that's, that um, makes sense. And I'll do it with like, um, um, <clears throat> yeah, without giving it, yeah, so they'll do it sometimes where, do you, know, do you know, in some countries, people can go either by their first or second name. Yeah. So particularly in like Southeast Asia or, or sometimes with Brazilians, for example, they might go by one name or another. Uh, they'll put the name that they're least known by on the team sheet. So then they get the, the team sheet comes to the opposition and they're looking at it and they, they, they're like, oh, that key player that they, they know of isn't, isn't playing. <laughs> and then they have to take them a bit of time to work out, oh, actually, that's their first name written down. So they do little things like that just to throw just to throw each other off really and just because it annoys them. Filthy tricksters. Love it. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. So I don't know if they'd do it with a goalkeeper. <laughs> Put the goalkeeper up top. Um You're playing Scrabble again, you idiot. Sorry, yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, th- I think that's it. I think we've hit an hour. Thanks guys for tuning in. Uh really appreciate it. It was good to be back. Um good luck for the game week. I know we're all just waiting for the for the team lineups and the team lineups and the leagues, as um, as we just talked about there, it's frustrating, but we're all doing it because it's some sort of advantage. Hopefully, um, do you want to do the whole plug-in business, Sam? I'll leave that to you. That's what I normally do. Yeah, I'll give you one more dilemma first, mate. So I've got here's, here's my dilemma. I'm not I've a got... doctor, just to let you know. <laughs> FPL dilemma. <laughs> uh, I've got Foden and Harland. Uh, I'm not going to be able to see any leaks because it's my sister's wedding and the ceremony starts at one o'clock. Priorities, um, mate. FPL yeah, comes so, first. So what, So I can do my transfers early or I could give my details to someone and then if they've got the details, they can show up to the wedding instead of me. <laughs> I just got that in. Um, uh, mate, you've got to give your login on a serious matter. You can't... You yeah, can, login. You've got, to, you've got to do that. Or just... Can you not sneak off? Or is it right in the middle of the ceremony? It's literally in the ceremony. <laughs> yeah. I'll, um, Surely everyone you actually trust is at, will be at the ceremony as well, or most of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who I can trust. Um, but the, I will... Yeah, I don't know. I've got to think that through. I think I think I might find someone. I don't know if it'll be you. No, I'm not doing I, it. Don't leave it to me. I'll sabotage you. <laughs> exactly. I've got to find someone I trust. Because uh, I can't just be like on my phone during the vowels, can I? <laughs> well, you, you, you'll find a way. <laughs> find a way. All right. I think that's it. Thanks a lot, guys. Sorry, uh, didn't plug anything, mate. Oh, yeah. Uh, Go on. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Just do that. That'd be great. Yeah. Like the video. Do that stuff. Make us famous. Yeah. Well, yeah. not really. Just kind of, you know, share the video that's would be helpful. <laughs> that's a good pay for our blue tick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll be great. Great. Cheers, guys.